Cuphead and all hope listeners, you're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya folks, Obey Grognard here on a Wednesday. I hope you're all doing well. I'm doing well, just doing the usual thing here. And first off, we have a voicemail from Rich at Cockatrice Nuggets. Go ahead, Rich. Hey, Glenn. It's Rich from Cockatrice Nuggets. So uh, listening to your podcast about uh, pulling things out of a world and adding stuff of your own, I'm really a kitchen sink GM. I put everything in there. Um, I, I can't put everything in there all at once, right? I'm using um, like four monster books. I've got uh, the three from 5e, and I've got Creature Codex and Tome of Beasts. And I was trying to combine them all. I was trying to write this master list of monsters, right? And uh, it was just a headache. And I'm, I'm slowly plugging along on it still, but uh, more and more monsters pop up every day, you know? So uh, I, I, for my world and uh, the area that my people are crawling in right now, I made some encounter tables with um, 20 monsters on them each about, and I made three different encounter tables for them. So uh, that's my way of limiting them. I don't usually make up monsters because it's got so many books, but I love to make up magic items. Talk to you later. Thank you very much, Rich. I appreciate that. Yeah, it looks like you have an embarrassment of riches as far as monsters go. And you know what? So do I. But I still, every once in a while, I haul out the Tome of Adventure design and see if I can make a new one just to see what I come up with. And sometimes we really come up with doozies, I'll tell you. And the kitchen sink approach is fine if you can make it work. A lot of people can. I just feel that I need to kind of like winnow out certain things. Every once in a while, I'll get a, like a pet, mo- what they call a pet monster. One I like to use a lot. So I will find a way to put it in that world if it doesn't fit. Even if it's just for a, a one-shot thing. But you know, putting everything in is fine as long as you, you know, use some common sense and make it logical, logical to the game world, not to reality. Because there's a difference between possible and probable. They take that however you want to take that. And thank you for calling in. I want to talk about rules. Rules as in, oh, house rules and, oh, rules from other places. In other words, other games, other editions, other however you want to do it. I'm pretty much of the opinion that every game is house ruled. Nobody plays as it, you know, by the book, anything. Because there's always going to be that one or two rules that you just don't like. And you want to change it or find something better. I've done that for years My bugaboo has been unarmed combat chases and skills, especially skills. So I'm always casting around for things. Let's go down the line here. Chases, I pretty much came up with my own homebrew way of doing it, which is kind of an ad hoc thing. I never really formalized it, but it seems to work. The players like it, and it keeps the excitement going in the game. Unarmed combat, oh boy. I've gone through the ringer on that one because I've never found an unarmed combat system I totally like. Mainly because you don't do... You know, here, here's the rub. I like it when characters can fight without weapons. In other words, just your basic brawl. 
your basic punching somebody out, things like that. So I kind of take it from here, from there. Because I don't like the idea where, like, somebody's got an 18 strength and they do a D4. Now, I'm not saying there should be doing weapon weapon type damage that high, but at least give them a D6 or something like that. Plus there are modifiers, of course, because everybody they run into or any, any named character or NPC they run into aside from like, you know, like the the local cleric or the town mayor or something like that. Somebody they're actually going to fight usually has hit points up the yin yang. Well, maybe not the yin yang, but they're formidable. They're, they're, They've got hit points made to go one-on-one against an ogre or a giant or a bugbear or something like that. So your chances of really doing any damage to them are nil. I'm saying bruises uh, all the way up to a knockout. And I've never found one that really satisfies me. So here's, here's the deal. You've got hit points. And... Those are pretty much. I, t- I kind of take take it from Gangbusters because they've got they've got wounds and bruises. It's you have so many hit points, but they're divided into wounds and bruises. Bruises are what you get when you're in a fist fight, and so you you do that kind of damage. You know, you break a rib, you give them a black eye, you give them that kind of thing. Wounds, uh, something happens when somebody shoots you, or in the fantasy case, takes a sword to you or something like that and actually tries to kill you. We're talking major damage here, limbs being lopped off, somebody get it right in the chest, between the eyes, that kind of thing. Something you're not going to recover from right away. I'm kind of taking a, a page out of that book and dividing hit points into wounds and bruises. Now, they have a rule in there that every wound you do or every bruise you do has a 5% chance of making a wound, which makes it possible to beat somebody to death. And I think that's okay, because people get beaten to death. I've seen it on movies and TV, and in real life, people have gotten beaten to death. But it's really hard to do without a weapon. So it's a cumulative 5% chance per bruise you do. So if you're going up against somebody and you have like a D6... You're doing boom, 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 and you're doing so many bruises if you hit them. And then the wounds come in, and say they take four four hit points of bruises. So that's five. To, that's a 20% chance of, of incurring an actual hit point wound. And that would go against their regular total, their regular hit points. So I would keep track of that, but I would also keep track of the bruises because... Once you get to zero bruises, you knock them out. Now, there's also certain things you can do where you can automatically get a a KO. But I haven't really fleshed that out. But that's the kind of way I want to do it with my my unarmed combat. So I stole that from Gangbusters. My chase rules I had to make up, I stole that from Gangbusters. Skills. Okay, skills. Skills have been a bugaboo of mine for a while because... It annoys me that characters characters are expected to be adventurers, but they did something before that could apply to their adventuring career. It's just a logic thing, you know? Because 
you gotta you gotta give some due to experience. If somebody was apprenticing to a blacksmith, yeah, they're gonna have blacksmith skills. If somebody's apprenticing to a wizard, yeah, they've been learning magical skills, but they've also learned something like like alchemy, chemistry, things like that. So you know where I'm going with this. And there's some skill systems that are pretty good. I think the rule cyclopedia skill system is is pretty good. But here, once again, I stole. I stole from Deluxe Tunnels and Trolls. The talents. Talents are almost custom made for the way I want to run stuff. The reason being is that you don't have... I See, I don't want to give them... This is the other side of the coin. I don't want to give them a list of skills. Because I don't want them to... Because it seems to me when you give a player a list of skills, they become dependent on that list. I can't do it because it's not on here, or I don't have a slot for it, or something like that. So what I do is I do one of two things. I take the talents list out of Deluxe Tunnels and Trolls and use that, and it's got basic and advanced talents, or I go to 1EA D&D and pull the secondary skills table. And I don't really pull that table. What I pull is in, I believe, issue eight of Footprints, the Dragon's Foot publication, Mike Stewart did a, a secondary, a different, a more expanded set of skills. And I'll either let them roll or pick from there, either or. And that way they can tell me, see, this is this is where an OSR game has it over the more the more, the, the the later ones, the the more recent ones, because you can have this give and take with the DM. I mean, you can have the give and take with the DM with with like five E or Pathfinder or DCC or something like that. But it's well, I'm not going to say DCC because it's kind of geared towards this. But you you can have a back and forth. It's not set in stone, as that's what I'm saying. You don't have a skillless set in stone. You just know, hey. I was a blacksmith before I did this. Hey, I was a rat catcher before I did this. And they can, you can go with the DM and you and the DM will work, not really work it out, but like during the course of the game, you're looking for traps and the guy in the head was, is a fighter. And for some reason they don't have a thief. So he's looking, so he has a chance to find traps. Say he was a rat catcher in a previous in a previous career. So it's like, okay, I know traps. I know traps for rats and stuff. Maybe I can apply this to finding a trap on, say, this door or this chest. And you'll you'll ask the DM, hey, look, I used to be this. Can I apply my knowledge to this? And then the DM will give them a plus or a minus or say, uh, okay, you need an intelligence roll. Give them a plus two to their intelligence um, and dexterity because you used to set traps. Or, or even if you're a trapper in the woods, even better, you used to set traps or a clock, even better, a clock, not a, a watchmaker. Um, you used to make traps, that too. So some kind of profession that applies to this, I see that as viable, and I think that should be a prominent part of a character sheet. So there's my. So what do you steal from? 
What do you take out of it? I took these out of Tunnels and Trolls and First Edition AD&D, took something out of Gangbusters, came up with something myself, probably influenced by other game systems. But what do you, how do you do it? How do you do it? Let me know at oldmangrognar@gmail.com. Drop me an email or drop me a voicemail and anchor. You can do that too. And like I said before, it looks like we're wrapping it up. So we are, we are monetized. So maybe 99 cents a month, you can support this program and I'd appreciate it. So anyway, it is time to start my day. And so, until I see you next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.